الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وشفيعنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاعلم انه لا اله الا الله واستغفر لذنبك وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات وعن ابي بكر الصديق رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عليكم بلا اله الا الله والاستغفار فاكثروا منهما فان ابليس قال اهلكت الناس بالذنوب واهلكوني بلا اله الا الله والاستغفار او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين علماء رشفت الحفاظ beloved brothers and elders an incident a very inspiring incident is recorded after the demise of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam madina munawwara uthman ghani radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is seated umar radiyallahu anhu walks in he passes by hazrat uthman ghani radiyallahu anhu and he makes salam uthman radiyallahu anhu doesn't reply to the salam of umar radiyallahu anhu Umar radiyallahu anhu is perturbed, he's disturbed. He takes the complaint to the Khalifa of the time, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu anhu, and he says, I made salam to Uthman radiyallahu anhu, but he didn't reply to my salam. At this time, Abu Bakr and Umar radiyallahu anhumah, Shaykhain, the two greatest people of this ummah, they both come to Uthman radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, This time Uthman radiyallahu anhu narrates aqbala alayya fa sallama alayya jami'an They both came together and they made salam to me in one voice I heard the salam of these two great people and I replied Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu asked me the first question malaka alla tarudda ala akhika Umar salama Why didn't you reply to Umar when he made salam to you Uthman radiyallahu anhu says wallahi ma fa'altu I take an oath in the name of Allah, I didn't do this. Making salam, I don't even know he walked past. Umar radiallahu anhu says, Wallahi, I made salam to you, but you didn't reply. Abu Bakr riding over the entire case, he tells Umar radiallahu anhu, Qad sadaqa. Brother Uthman is speaking the truth. It seems that Uthman was oblivious. He was engaged in some deep thought, because of which, He didn't even know you made salam to him. And he tells him, قَدْ شَغَلَكَ أَمْرٌ أُوْ عُثْمَانٌ It seems that something gripped your mind and gripped your heart. Because of which, you didn't know Umar radiallahu anhu went past and made salam. Uthman says, definitely. I was engaged in thought. I was engaged in a concern. Some fear, some concern gripped my mind and my heart. Because of which, I was totally oblivious of what was happening around me. I didn't even know Umar walked past. 
So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu tells him, Oh Uthman, share that thought with me. What was that thought that gripped you so deeply that you didn't even know, you, you didn't even hear Umar making salam to you? He says, قَدْ تَوَفَّ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى نَبِيَّهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَبْلَ أَن نَسْأَلَهُ عَنْ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala had taken Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam away from this world before I had the opportunity of asking him one important question. And that thought gripped me so deeply that I, I couldn't think of anything else. I didn't know what was happening around me. The grief of not asking him that question had overwhelmed me. Abu Bakr asked, what was that question? He said, the question was, مَا نَجَاتُ هَذَا الْأَمْرِ وَفِي رِوَايَةٍ مَا نَجَاتُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ The question is, when this ummah is gripped with problems, when they are problems, fitan, whatever nature, whether it be linked to the worldly affair or whether it be linked to deen, when this ummah is facing problems, what's the solution? What's the way out? What's the exit? I didn't get the chance to ask Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa this. Had I asked him, I could have passed this on to the ummah to serve, so that it could serve as a solution when they are faced with problems. What does Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu say? He tells him, O Uthman, inni qad sa'altuhu anha. O Uthman, don't worry. Allah blessed me with the ability and the opportunity to ask Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa this question whilst he was alive. Uthman is elated. Uthman radiallahu anhu, he's overjoyed, he's bubbling with joy. He tells Abu Bakr, Fadaka Abi wa Ummi, may my mother and father be sacrificed for you. Anta haqqu bihada. Only a man of your caliber could have thought of this question long before us and asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and got the answer, tell me, O Abu Bakr, O Amirul Mu'mineen, what did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tell you? When this ummah is faced with problems from all sides, what's the way out? Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam gives an answer. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu shares the answer. He asked the question, he got the answer, and this answer, it served as a solution in the time of Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and it will serve as a solution to come for every human being to come till the day of Qiyamah. What did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? Something simple, something easy, something every person or old, learned or non-learned, wealthy or poor, everyone got access to. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, Man qabila minni al-kalimata allati aradtuha ala ammi faraddaha fahiya lahu najatun. That person who accepts that statement that was presented to my uncle Abu Talib, and Abu Talib rejected Anyone who wholeheartedly accepts that statement will be sufficient to solve every problem of every person to come till the day of Qiyamah. What's that one statement? La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many of us seated here may think that we are reciting this kalima from the time we are little children. It's probably one of the first words we ever heard. The first words that reached our ears when we were born was this kalima. And Allah make it the last words that we'll recite before leaving this world. This kalima is something everyone knows. We know it. But let's look at what the hadith says. The hadith is not saying just to know the kalima. The hadith is not saying merely to read the kalima. 
The hadith is saying that person who accepts this kalima, the one who accepts this kalima from me, it will be a means of najat. So muhaddithin explain the meaning. What is meant by accepting this kalima? They, they explain this kalima is made up of two parts, two components. On one side, la ilaha illallah. On the other side, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In other words, the two parts wa rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. On one side, Allah. On the other side, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we may rephrase, on one side the Quran, on one side the Hadith. In anything we do, if we keep Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in front of us, we can't be blind in any situation. We can't be void of solution to any problem. All we go to do is keep Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in front of us. In other words, when we are faced with any situation, we think, what does Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam want from us? How to behave, how to act, how to speak, how to conduct ourselves, we'll gain guidance from here. If I pass away at this moment, what will Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam want for me? How would I want to meet Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? In other words, if we may put it through an example, this kalima that every mu'min has within his heart, this serves as what we know, for example, in today's time, people travel from point A to point B, and if they're moving through some vicious terrain, they're crossing a desert, or they're passing through a jungle, in order for them to be able to determine moving on course, they will have a survival tool known as a compass. That compass, they'll keep looking at the compass, and that compass will guide them and show them the path, whether they are moving correctly or they're moving off the path. So in other words, the compass of every mu'min is his kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. At all times, when he's going to keep checking that compass, that compass will show him which path he's supposed to be taking. Respect the elders and friends, there's no time to go in too much of detail. But this was what made Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum extremely successful in everything they did. Because they took this from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They looked at this compass in every situation of their life. And they saw in which direction is Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam directing me. And anything they did, they were successful. Whether it was business that they engaged in, whether it was anything, whether it was that they took on the enemy, they were so successful in battle, in all their worldly affairs, because they corrected this aspect. They corrected the aspect of Kalima, and they looked which direction is it pointing towards. And in, an, an incident is narrated, that during the Khilafat of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, there was the king of Persia, the emperor of Persia, the king of Persia, he was the last king, who eventually died during the Khilafat of Umar radiallahu anhu. His name was Yazdajir. Yazdajir had noticed that Sahaba radiallahu anhum were marching from Arabia and they walking into the Persian peninsula. And as they walking in any state, they walk into any town, they walk in, no matter what size army, Yazdajir is sending towards them. Sahaba are always coming victorious. No one could stand in front of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So yes, Dajir saw that he's losing his kingdom. He wrote to the emperor of China. He sent his ambassador with a letter 
seeking help from the emperor of China, it please send some men, send some weapons to aid and assist me because these Arabs are walking in and I stand no chance in front of them. No one can wait in front of them for even a short moment. So the emperor of China, he receives the letter, he speaks to the ambassador and he says, I know it's the right of one king to assist and help another king. When one king is in problems, then it's the right that we owe that we help the next country. But before I send any aid, I need to clarify, verify, understand what's the nitty gritties behind this whole situation. Because it doesn't make sense. You all are the people of Persia. There's so many people you have under you. You're such a powerful country. How is it that you all, despite being so large in number, these Arabs were so few, they're marching over you all. They're moving over you all. It looks like there's a problem on your side, not a problem on their side. Before I offer any assistance, I need to clarify things. So the ambassador, he tells this emperor of China, that I understand what you're saying, but I've seen these Arabs and I've seen the Persians. Ask me anything you want to know about the Arabs and I'll, ask, I'll answer your questions. What was the first question that this emperor of China asked the ambassador? He asked them, he asked him, tell me about this group that's fighting with you all. Number one, ayufuna bil ahad. Do they fulfill their promises? He says, leave alone the promises they make amongst each other as Muslims. Even if they make a promise to us as kuffar, they fulfill it. Number one, he asks him, فَكَيْفَ طَاعَتُهُمْ أَمِيرَهُمْ Tell me, what's the level of respect and obedience they show to their leaders and their elders? So this ambassador answers, أَتْوَعُ قَوْمٍ لِأَمِيرِهِمْ You can't find any nation in the world who's more obedient and more, more subservient to their leaders and their elders. Then he says, أَيُحِلُّونَ وَيُحَرِّمُونَ do they have anything which is regarded as halal and things which are regarded as haram in their shariat? He says yes. And he lists a few halal things in Islam and a few haram things in Islam. Then he tells him, This halal and halam, haram, do they ever mix it up? Do they ever regard what's halal to be haram or what's haram to be halal? He says never. They hold on to their deen so firmly like a nail and a peg in the ground, he don't shift at all. Then, yes, the, then this emperor of China, he tells the ambassador, abada. He says, let me share one point with you. These people will never ever be defeated. If, if this is the description you've given me, no one, no nation, leave Persia, leave China, no one will be able to destroy them until until one day we can engage them in a way that they regard their haram to be halal and their halal to be haram. One day when they start committing haram, that's the point we'll be able to overcome them. That's the time we'll be able to defeat them. Then he writes, he writes back to, yes, the Jird, the king of, China, the king of Persia, the Persian king. He writes to him and he says, I've found out from your ambassador the qualities of these people. And my suggestion to you is, when this is the quality and this is how they lead their lives, then leave China, leave Persia, we can send, I can send an army of soldiers that will march from China right till Maru. Maru is termed in English as Merv. When we measure the distance, 
it's approximately 4,000 kilometers. 4,000 kilometers I'll send men from, for, with the, to cover the distance of 4,000 kilometers. But these people are such that leave alone China, leave alone Persia, leave alone any superpower. If these people with such qualities even go to bring down a mountain, they'll raise a mountain to the ground. It's not because of what they own. It's not because of their clothing or their weapons or their horses or their strength. It's because of their firmness on their principles. Their firmness on deen, such people will never be able to defeat. So my suggestion to you is, leave, leave fighting with them. Enter into a peace treaty and live peacefully with them because you will never defeat such people. The emperor of Rome, the Roman king, he noticed the very same thing. All of his armies who he was sending out, whenever they came back, they came back defeated. One day he addressed all his generals and all his people, his entire army. He says, what is wrong with you? These people you're fighting with, aren't they men like you all? Yes, they are men like us. Aren't you higher in number and they lesser in number? Yes. Don't you have better weapons and artillery than them? Yes. Then how is it that you're always coming back defeated? No one had the courage to address this Roman king, Hiraqal. Until qala shaykhu min ulamaihim, one elderly person who was amongst the senior members of society, he had the courage to speak. And then he says, you know why? You know why these people are beating us at every battle? Why they are so successful? Because of six qualities. Min ajri annahum yaqoomuna al-layl wa yasoomuna al-nahar wa yamuruna bil-ma'roof wa yanhawna anil-munkar wa yufuna bil-ahad wa yatanasafuna baynahum. Number one, these people during the night, they're standing in tahajjud. During the day, they're fasting. They command with good and they prevent from evil. They fulfill their pledges and their promises and their treatment amongst themselves is one of absolute justice. Remarkable character they conduct themselves with. That's how they live. And they live by these principles. That's why they're defeating us. As far as us, we are concerned, مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنَّنَا نَشْرَبُ we are drinking wine, we're committing zina, we're breaking our pledges and our promises, we're causing corruption, we're oppressing people, and we're spreading mischief in the earth. This is why these, these people are beating us, because that are, that's their qualities and these are our qualities. We can never defeat such a nation. So respect the elders and friends. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they were successful in everything they did, because they kept kalima in front of them. They saw what does Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi was their guide and their compass. We'll end up with wa What did He do? When we want this compass to be clear, the way we'll get this compass clear, one way is to continue reciting this kalima, la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in abundance. The more we'll read it, the more vivid this compass will come before us when we need that direction. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, Hold on to two things. Hold on to two aspects. Because Shaitan and Iblis has mentioned, the weapon I use to destroy man is that I make man engage in things that are haram for him. And every time you engage in something haram, you get closer to Shaitan, and Shaitan can overcome you very, very easily. So this is Shaitan's weapon. His weapon he uses is sins. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, as though he's telling us, let me present two weapons to you. You take these two weapons and this, these weapons destroy the effort of shaitan. What are these two? Number one, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Number two, Astaghfirullah. 
recite istighfar and la ilaha illallah in the words of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in abundance. Read this in abundance. This will serve as your guide, as your compass, as your weapon, and as your victory. Sahaba radiallahu anhum, in every aspect of their lives, because they held so firm unto this kalima, may Allah give us the tawfiq to hold on firmly to this kalima whilst we are alive, and Allah give us the tawfiq to make these the last words we recite before leaving the Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen.